each year it's just gotten bigger and better and we've had some obviously bumps along the way but we're at a point where like it's time to be be more sophisticated well hello there welcome to brand therapy i'm phil palin and i'm lauren moore we are brand strategists and we have a pretty good job we do and phil i've got to ask you a question Do you know what fiber arts are? No, but I'm about to find out. I found out, that's for sure, on this call. Well, this is a cool call because it's really a niche. I get excited when people come to us and I have no idea what their brand is about. No clue. Because a lot of times when people, particularly recent graduates or people that are entering an industry early on, they feel like they want to do everything under the sun. I want to be a record label, but I also want to manage artists. I also want to sell products. I want to, you know, the list goes on. Really, where you can grow a business, a brand, a community online is by rocking a niche. And oh boy, this is a niche. So we talk with Marsha and Cami about their magazine, which is digital and print, to figure out, okay, how do we not only grow, but how do we take the base that they've grown and make them do something, make them ideally become members? We go through all the things they've tried, all the things they've thought of, and try to really pinpoint why they have so many followers online, but why they have so few members. Yeah, the members, they don't have as many as they should. So we address that. Shall we take a listen? Let's do it. We're a tiny, tiny slice of the fine craft world. And fine craft is, if you think of it as a a pie, it's, Woodworking, metals, glass, ceramics, and fibers. And we're in fibers. So it's fiber art and textile. And we started a magazine uh, about seven years ago. We're truly a startup story. We had no startup funding or anything. But I've been in publishing for about 20 years, you know, working for a lot of different companies. And, you know, it's one of those old blog stories where I'd already had a blog for a few years at that point, all about fiber art and textiles. Then it sort of happened because... The only other publication in this space, the publisher decided to close that magazine. So there was a sort of already we had a, a leg up because there was a whole community of people who were all up in arms and ready for something new. I just have a question for you about your members. So how are your members currently finding you and what do you think they're wanting out of the membership? We're really at a juncture right now where... As I mentioned before, we've always been simply a magazine. And then for years, I said, well, we're a magazine and an organization, which are a magazine and a community because we were already doing so many other things like working on exhibitions. We have a big call for submissions every year and we hire jurors and we do this big exhibition that in the last two years actually has gone on to a museum and all these other things. So as we worked through all of those things, then we finally decided, let's just officially become a member organization. Which, of course, in the publishing world, in the media world in general, it makes us more well-rounded. You know, we've got more to hang our hat on than just a publication. We've got all of these other benefits that people would join for. And they are receiving about five different benefits. And I can just read them off. But then I can tell you some of the things that come up again and again. For example, with every e-newsletter that's sent out, it gets clicked on more than almost anything else, which is submitting your work and getting it shown, having the opportunity to get it into an exhibition, that's the kind of thing that gets work sold. So that's really the top thing. But other than that, 
We've also brokered deals with other organizations so that our members would get um, discounts on membership in their organizations or giveaways from them. We also have oh, a special teacher membership. And the workshop teacher population is not served by our kind of frenemy, our, our quasi-competitor in this field. And it's teachers all over the world, really, who go and teach workshops. And these could be in shops or could be in colleges or all these different venues. And they are really, to me, the hub for growth because not only have they not been served and given special treatment and being been addressed necessarily, but they also have access to all the people that they teach, whether it's a shibori dyeing class or felting or weaving or art quilts or fiber sculpture. It could be anything in fiber arts. So for them, we get a special membership which in which they get, a, I call it a care package. We send out a studio apron and a magazine to all of their workshops so that they arrive at the workshop ready for them that they can give out to all their students. So if you think about your goals, obviously you have a lot going on, so it's going to be a little tricky to pinpoint one specific mm-hmm. goal. But if you had to choose between bringing more awareness to these artists so that they could go through kind of your channel and be connected to the right outlets Mm -hmm. or expanding your membership community specifically to teachers, what would you choose? Expanding the membership community because that equals uh, revenue in, which means we can bring more awareness to the artist. Over time, we've shaped and changed our content as we've learned more and changed priorities. You know, we still do the sort of checking what's happening on Google as far as what's trending. So even within this small niche, certain things trend for a while. The art quilt was huge in the 80s. Now it's not as trending. Well, felting is really big, you know, so we we use those kind of things to uh, curate, I guess, our content. But what we're doing even more now is to add, for example, community sections, show people getting together, doing uh, fiber art because they're in a workshop, featured teachers, that kind of thing, a little bit more so that it feels... um, like a connection and not only, oh, that's a museum exhibition I could never be in. And do you have online, like designated online communities for these members or is it more in-person communities? No, we're only online. You mean like Facebook groups or, you know, private communities where they can chat with each other? Oh, yeah. I would, but I'll let Cammy take that one. Yeah, I mean, um, so my job is to build the social media community. And that's I love because uh, our Facebook community is up to almost sixty five thousand. And what and we were you know growing on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We're about six, a little over six thousand on each of those. But what I love is the when the artist, the rug hookers in New Zealand start talking to the rug hookers in Nova Scotia, and that's the community that I try to look for and build on our Facebook page. It's become such an asset because we leverage all of those vehicles to offer a full um, media kit for our advertiser partners. So they're not just buying an advertisement in a magazine, digital and print. It's three months. We're a quarterly magazine. So there's three months between each issue and they get three months of ongoing promotions as well as like a whole package. So for example, on top of all that social media, we also send out, we do the holy newsletter thing, you know, just like everyone else does. Except We also add in our, our ad partners, and then we help them develop their passive email marketing and just help them with marketing. I mean, they even some of them are larger, could be um, larger companies that have um, special dyes and chemicals, small companies like a 
a one person shop who teaches online courses. I mean, it goes kind of runs the gamut, but so the social media, as well as the fact that we, we do retail, we have distributors across the country at Barnes and Noble. Both of those things have really helped us develop these strong relationships with our advertisers. I feel. What is your email newsletter strategy right now? Do you have one? Is there, are you emailing a certain amount of times per week or month? Yeah. So right now we're doing once a week. And at certain times I've done sort of a lead up strategy where we've got sort of our end date for something really important. So let's take our Excellence in Fibers, which is this annual submission. We make a double issue magazine and now it has sort of catapulted us into this museum world and everything. So I do all kinds of things, activities surrounding that, like we create a lot of buzz about the kinds of jurors and the jurors we've selected. Then we hear from the jurors. They do testimonials and blog posts about they're looking forward to doing it. You know, all these different things that plug into the newsletter as we move ahead. Out of your online face, your Facebook, you know, almost 65,000 fans, how many of them would you say are members? That's another issue is not that many, really. I'd say like 10%. So it seems like, to me at least, a lot of people are engaging and liking your content and they're just needing further kind of incentive or clarification to become a member. That kind of seems like the crux of the issue to me is they they like it, but they're not really taking that extra step. That's right. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Okay. Good. Let's deal with that. Let's come up with a strategy to further engage people that you've already got that touch the brand in some way, shape, or form, and also do a little bit of a brainstorm on where we can find more people. Because here's what I love about you guys. You guys are a niche brand. So many people are afraid to be niche. And nowadays, it's the best thing you could ever be. Because be something specific so that that audience that can be gathered around the world, geography matters less than ever before. Cami, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, you've got you know people in Nova Scotia and interacting with someone across the world. Now, location matters less than ever before. How do we confidently be something for those members? But how do we be something that they can't resist? That's that extra little bit that I know you guys shy away from the sales. And I don't think it has to be sales. It has to be trust-focused. Focus on building trust, Uh enticing people into what those benefits are. And I think also getting creative about where else those members exist. Those are my quick thoughts in terms of where we can go next with this discussion. Yeah, that's really great and very interesting. So one, a couple of the things we've done recently is we've developed um, resource lists of one of... We want to get have all the people who are decision makers in museums and galleries that are fine craft related, of which there are hundreds in in the United States alone. So it could be smaller regional museums or or larger ones. But at least if they do, if they show craft some of the time, and also a list of all professors in the U.S. <laughs> now I'm talking about university and college professors, not simply workshops and that kind of thing. So we can really keep an ongoing conversation with them. So, for example, this year, I'm just really concentrating on a overarching marketing strategy where we're consistently communicating with each constituent group in a way that's appealing to each of them, parsing them out. Well, I have an idea and it's actually, I mean, it's not my idea. It was actually done by a company that I really admire, but I'm just going to suggest it for you guys. Okay. But So there's a makeup company called Glossier. I bring it up all the time. Phil's Yep. Rolling his eyes just as I predicted because I use them as like the example of just an incredible company with a great community. And Glossier sent me an email last year and let me know about what they call their rep program. And 
basically they had noticed that I was super active on their social media channels because I'm very passionate about their products for no reason other than I think they're great. And they told me that I had been hand-selected as an enthusiastic community member. And they gave me the option to actually create a rep profile on their account where I could post videos and updates about how much I loved their products, which ones were my favorite, and further actually get like sales for their products through my page and then in return get like a credit to use on their products later. So anytime okay. I would, I think I would get, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but for this example, let's say for 20% of everything that was sold through my page, I would actually get that in credit for to use on their products. So I'm kind of wondering... Like in this circumstance, it seems like you guys have the credibility, you have the strategic partners, you have the advertisers, you have the big community, but really you need those like ambassadors, like the people in your membership program who are invested, who whose like whole heart is in it, and they should be rewarded for being uh, good amb- ambassadors for you. Is that something that you've thought of or or something that you'd be open to exploring? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So you're saying select some thought leaders to really talk about it and promote us in a way. Yeah, but I want them to be members specifically if you have them. And if you don't have them, give memberships to people that you think have good online communities. And I mean, I, I would be really strategic about who you choose. Like look for people who have a social media or Instagram following of at least 3,000, I think. And look through, look for those people who are active on your accounts or posting about fiber arts on their own social media and even offer them a complimentary membership for a short period of time. Because I think we live in a world where we're inundated with so many options and communities and mm-hmm. so many things. There, there are only so many minutes in a day. But if a friend or someone you admire tells you, you should spend money or time on this, you take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Actually, Cammie would be the one who would know because she's just, you know, in deep all the time. She would know, I mean, have some people who come to mind. And also the, these teacher members would be in a way sort of ambassadors because they're receiving all these um, magazines that they can give away to their students. And I chose about five or six of them to be sort of my test cases asking them, would you go on the system, sign up? But I didn't, you know, frame it the way you framed it, which makes it sound so much better. I was just asking them kind of as a favor because I wanted them to try it out and see, does this look like a great, does this feel like a great benefits package? And is, what are we missing, if anything? Or really also it was just about logistical testing on our website. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting because you guys tend to gravitate away from anything that feels remotely salesy. And I understand that. I understand that. But there's a certain bit of sales that I feel is missing. And that bit that's missing is actually the bit where we reposition the thought of sales in general. And I have to tell myself this because I hate selling, but I also have to have a business at the end of the day or otherwise I have to go find something Uh else to do. And a lot of people that work for me are unemployed. So... It's not so much about selling. It's more about what is the value that you bring to people. Well, I've kicked Lauren out of the room for a timeout. We've replaced her with Dalton. Welcome, Dalton. Hello. Let's tell them about what we do for a living. What do you do for a living, Phil? We do this, but a much more detailed, private, in-depth version called a brand audit consultation. I've been doing them for years, and it's how we start every 
working relationship. Oh, that sounds so much fun. How does one person set that up with you? Well, it's not always fun for me because it's work, but it's fun for you. I often describe it as literally brand therapy. You get to kick back like you're at the spa. We do all the heavy lifting for you. And when it comes to communicating your business, knowing exactly what to do next, all of that jazz. Well, this sounds like something I need for myself. So please tell me, how do I sign up? Yeah, you do. You're a hot mess. philpallenexpert slash therapy. All the details. Get a promo code to get 15% off. Just for you podcast listeners. Exclusively. Exactly. Okay, that's enough. Back to the show. It's not so much about selling. It's more about what is the value that you bring to people. You bring an immense amount of value to someone that's interested in this topic. And you've proven that with the audience you've already grown. When I go to your website, the membership almost feels like an afterthought. I have to really dig for this. There's a lot of pages on here. I almost want you, instead of hiding it as like the fourth or fifth page, I kind of want you to like maybe have like a start here, you know, and understand. Oh, okay. Here's who we are and why you should care. And here's what you get as someone who engages with our brand. But here's what you get as a member. You need to make sure that that member is like a no-brainer. For someone who is even remotely interested or involved with fiber art, they've got to be in the fiber art network. Are you kidding me? That has to be a a no-brainer. One little change too, right now, your membership types are saved as an image. And when I went there, I thought, oh my gosh, this looks so fuzzy on my computer. Um, get that oh, as yeah, saved that's as text. That's being changed tomorrow, right? Oh, now. good, yeah, good. What? Yeah, that's on the list. There's all. It's like um, an ongoing. It just seems. Oh, we know. I know it's well, a never-ending really list. But, um, I'm I'm happy about it. I know how websites are, but yeah, right now I just keep combing through, combing through. Is everything working? Are these forms? You know, all the different things. But about the selling, I'm not afraid of selling so much as agreeing with you that. We want to be offering so much value that, like you said, it's just a no-brainer that why would you not spend this? Could be even just as little as 60 bucks a year or something like that. Just adding on to what Phil is saying, and I think what maybe is that kind of missing component on your website when laying out the membership types, is that people need to think of the benefit of each of those membership perks. And they need it really, really laid out well for them. So for example, subscription to Fiber Arts Now Print or the digital those bullets, I think, need to be taken a step further. So it's subscription to Fiber Arts Now Print, where you'll have like first access to the world's up and coming fiber artists. So like really spell it out for people and almost add a level of exclusivity so people feel like they're really missing out if they don't join. Because if someone doesn't know anything about your print magazine, they might not really know what the value of the print would be. So even like membership discounts to several fiber organizations, I would say like um, discounts starting at 10% for the world's like leading fiber organizations, including, and don't shy away from being really bold and confident with your language. That would really help show the value of the membership. And even further, you might want to consider putting the prices, what the, the actual value is, but what someone will get if they sign up for one year, like maybe these membership discounts if someone to the fiber organizations are worth, you know, a $500 savings, then someone should should know that they'll actually be saving money long term by subscribing or becoming a member. I was just really struggled with 
how to display all of this information in a way that the eye can understand quickly and not make it too confusing with too many options. And so that's sort of how it ended up the way it is now. I'd be happy to do the, you know, crossing the, um, the true value price out and then, you know, that kind of thing. I'm just a little concerned that then it will become kind of confusing because you're introducing so many things all at once. I wonder... Right now, you've got individual normal, individual with digital only, student normal, student with digital only. Is there any way that you could condense those programs so that it's just individual and not digital only? Because if it's a difference of $15, then you might as well just sell the actual individual membership and chop the options in half. Chop the options in half. Oh, the number? Well, because the cost has to be more expensive for print because we're printing and shipping a magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. There's just more expense behind it. But could could everyone be printed and, and shipped a magazine as part of the membership? They could, but I just think a lot of people want a better deal for digital. Got it. In our space. Not just our space, any magazine. It's just like they're used to seeing a print magazine with free digital or just give me digital only for like 20 bucks or less. Or just really, it's just sort of the framework of the industry at this juncture, I think. Got it. That makes sense. Just I what they're used to. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that if we're wanting to, you know, add more context behind the membership perks, and if we've got six different membership types there, it might help people make a decision by having less options. That's ultimately what I'm, yeah. what I'm kind of getting at. Maybe we could make them into one and just have like um, a slash, you know. That's well, I'm wondering about that too. I wonder, well, you would know better than me, but like, are the, do you have more students or do you have more students that are digital only? I feel like if I'm paying money, I want something physical. I'm still old school like that. And I have a feeling people yeah. that are in this space also appreciate something in their hands due to the nature of this brand. As a matter of fact, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, you're actually really right about that because the magazine itself is really gorgeous. And we even get quite a few like back issue. Like um, our fulfillment company, you know, runs out of back issues because people want this issue or that issue in their collection. It's an interesting little thing. But, you know, they're taxing out people and they want the beautiful paper and the whole thing, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I understand that. A lot of them. I don't know about students per se. I don't have enough data to know our students all only doing digital or, you know, I don't, I don't quite know that yet, but. We're weighing in here to see how can we make people make a decision quicker. And I wonder maybe instead of having the three separate digital programs, maybe you just have one digital only and figure out how to consolidate those. So that that at least gets us down from six memberships to four. If we had student, we had student, individual, workshop teacher, and then digital only. I'm not sure. We're just brainstorming here, but we're trying to figure out how do we make people make a decision quicker? Because you've got you've got a really great brand and a really great offering here. So how do we make sure that it's irresistible? And even adding on to that too, I mean, you could still sell just the non-digital memberships. You could have three non-digital memberships with the option to mail out a print magazine. But since the digital magazine is still part of the membership, maybe people could choose if they want the print or not, but still pay the print price. Yeah, I'm not sure. People are just used to getting a, like a slashed price for digital only. Perfect. In that case, then I think Phil's idea but is I good. I understand your point behind this, though, and I am writing notes. So the two takeaways I have so far is on the homepage here, we need to have a start here, not just to learn more, like not just, well, this is informational, but more like start here to get, you know, to get going right now. And then when we get to this page that gives the benefits, we need to tell, make it more tantalizing. Yep. 
Yep, and easier to understand. Like you can't resist this thing. Yeah, because here's a lot of the work we're doing as brand strategists. We go in and a lot of times the client that we're working with and you name the industry presents a lot of information because we we tend to think, let's present as much information as possible so people have that information before they make a decision. But as outsiders that come in and do a little bit of an audit here, we go, actually, there's too much information. It's weighing me down from making a decision. And the decision, the call to action in this case is become a member. That needs to be prioritized. So what I would challenge you to do to just kind of riff off that idea right now on your website, you've got home, about, benefits, join, resources, blog, give a gift, manage account, back issues, and then bookshop. So I would challenge both of you to work together. This is what Lauren and I would do together if this was our brand. Lauren would say to me, okay, that is how many pages? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Get it down to half that. Get your website down to four to five pages. Consolidate where possible. Prioritize based on your goals. And I'm telling you both, if you can get this down to four or five pages, find five, you get five. If you can get this down to five pages, people will make a decision much quicker. You've got a Facebook page of 65,000 people sitting there ready to make a decision. Right now, they're confused on what that decision is supposed to be. They're getting bogged down by all this other information. You guys help make this more efficient so they can make that decision faster. And that decision will be become a member because if not, you're crazy. We always say this to clients, but I think it's especially true in this situation. The more options you give people on a website, the less control you have. So try to think of what the most important things you want the audience to take away. Not not just making sure that there's no stone unturned and you have some sort of option for every you know whim that someone's going on when they visit your site. Right. Think about the journey you want them to go on and base your content off of that. So if you're wanting someone to become a member, only give the steps to become a member. If you're wanting someone to look at the back issues or look at the about section or the FAQs, then only provide options on your site for that journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can make those changes right away. It's kind of just using like the thoughts and, and the mentality of your members now and just figuring out what are some small changes, like you said, that you can implement right away. Another thought that I have is the opportunity to tell a bit more stories of your members. What are those stories? How does a membership change a member's life? What kind of connections are made? What resources are provided? There's a huge difference between using social media as a tool for broadcast in the way that you would say, for example, don't forget, when you're a member, you get access to grants and awards that only members are allowed to access or something like that, right? It's a difference between that, which is a bit of a sales pitch, which we've already established you don't want, that versus telling the story of a member who's given a grant or who is awarded a grant, you know, or wins an award. What were they motivated? You know, soft about the the story and and what's the inspiration behind that? How have lives changed right. since Fiber Art Now was launched? Tell the stories about the members and how that's changed. Put a face to the brand and that will also be guaranteed to sell more memberships too when people can understand and, and hear from someone else the, the way it's humanized. Yeah. So we started doing that with this, I've mentioned this submission opportunity, this annual exhibition. And I, it was part of my lead up in promoting this year was I went to people who showed their work 
in previous exhibitions and had them write a little testimonial. Some of them were just a few sentences. Some of them were a couple paragraphs. Like, it was going to be an e-newsletter. It would be a postcard of this, this artist who mostly people know because in this world, you know, heard a lot of the same people uh, talking about how they sold their work because they showed with one of our shows just six months ago or, or a year ago. So, so yeah, so we could do that with the network. As we move along, I mean, it's really new. We only have, I think, between one and 200 members, which I'm happy with. It's good. It's just right now I'm really concentrating on making sure they get something right away for it. I think what Phil's trying to get at too, and is that there every type of membership, people pay to be part of something that's exclusive. They're paying to get on the mm-hmm. inside. And so by sharing stories of the people on the inside, you're making more of a compelling case to join. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So how are you feeling about all of this, all of these things that we've discussed? Because this is this is a hustle. This is it's a it's it's not easy, right? Standing out in this world and, and, and being purely based online, it's kind of stressful because people throw ideas at you all the time. You're like, there's only so much time. But I think some of these the goal is to find some stuff that you can implement right away and, and chip away at. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So how are you feeling? Great. Thank you so much. These are great, interesting suggestions and some things that I kind of know rationally, you know, but but haven't really put to use. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You already know that's the way. So now it's just to make just a matter of making sure that's clear for someone with a very short attention span on the internet. Well, thank you. Um, it's been really interesting. This one was a little tricky because it seems like they thought of everything. Yeah, I mean, you find that when you've got more than one person, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, the two of them rely on each other to come up with ideas. They brainstorm. They get advice from other people. So when we give suggestions, sometimes it feels familiar. When she was speaking, I was actually thinking a lot about what you used to say about social media platforms. It's better to be... A rock star on three, three instead of mediocre, mediocre on, on ten. ten. Oh, but, that old that old trick. <laughs> that old song and dance. But if you think about their efforts or their efforts as not social media channels, but like attempts to get members, I kind of felt like that was happening here. They were doing a lot, but it wasn't really like super effective. Yeah, you're just kind of doing what you feel you need to do to be active, but. Actually, for example, one particular platform was converting them. That needs to be the focus. Mm -hmm. It was not clear to me why someone would want to be a member when I went on their website. It was like Mm -hmm. it was hidden. It was. You had to search for the benefits and even then the benefits were vague. Yeah. It's so true in today's online world that people just give so much information on their websites that they think that the more, 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 more is better when actually it's just so much better to have like a few steps so that you can, can make the conversion and then move on. Which is now prompting everyone listening to this to go to their website and decide what can be cut. Where can you trim the fat? We all have fat we can trim on our online presence. So I hope that our discussion with Cami and Marsha will be useful for them. I also hope that it was useful for you. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to visit iTunes and leave us a little review. We appreciate it. Five star. Yay. It helps other people find this podcast. And then let's continue the conversation. What did you think this week about this episode? What advice, if you were us, would you have given to Cami and Marsha? We want to hear from you, Instagram and Twitter. I am at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. Use hashtag brand therapy and we will find you. And that's it. That's a wrap. We look forward to seeing you on next week's show. Bye. Bye. Bye.
And here's a little preview of our next episode. I'm a woman with a purpose, too. I have a purpose of letting other people know that you can never quit, never give up on your dream, and you're never too old to go after what you really feel passionate about. 